Hi, I'm Diane. And I'm Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. And we are talking with a good friend of ours today. Her name is Liz Thompson. You've known her a long time, Liz Denise. Liz and I go yeah. back to when we were young women. Really? Seriously. I think Liz and I were members of the Southern California, California Culinary the Guild. Alliance or Guild. Yes, Something the like Guild. Yes. The Ali- remember that? We wrapped bandages in the war. That's what we did. <laughs> I was going to say, do you have a horse? Or and a... I, I'm not kidding. It was a bunch of old biddies. And now guess what? I'm an old biddy. <laughs> but I remember being young and beautiful. So was Liz. And we were there and there were a bunch of old biddies. Oh, well. And still building our careers. Yeah. Liz was still chefing. I think Liz was mm-hmm. chefing in under her, yes, one of her was. restaurants. And yep. I, w- I had gotten, I think, out of, I may have just left catering and was starting my food styling portfolio. Mm-hmm. So we're talking a long time ago. Oh, yes. That is definitely a long time ago. And most of the time, which is the way it is when you live in L.A., as so many of our guests, we don't see them unless we go to a conference right. like LADOM or ICP or WCR. So this is just an absolute None treat. of which I go to. I'm not anymore. I don't, not, not ever. No. I, I, believe, <laughs> I believe you're in the honorarium class. <laughs> I just uh, was never a big joiner. I know. Yeah. Anyway, um, and I met Liz after doing a... Um, <laughs> the blog, camp blog away. Oh yes, of and course. And she Big reached bear. out to me. Well, hi Liz, welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here. Oh, Thank we're you, happy Liz. to have Thank you. Thank you so much for coming today. This is absolutely delightful. Oh, of course, uh, Liz. Of course, you were at camp blog away. That's where it started. That's, that's where this started. Okay. That's right. And Diane came and spoke at. Uh, and I camp said, blog "Why away. you don't want to be a blogger?" Again, she was given an honorarium and the cane came out. No. You were great. Diane, there, a pin could have dropped in that room because you were talking about uh, writing 20 cookbooks and what it meant. Right. And how right. hard right. it was. Right. And most, of the, most bloggers, I have stopped calling people bloggers. I call them the new food writers. Okay? Because they right. are. Right. Because they're getting the jobs, they're getting the book deals, they are Very. food writers. And there's no reason we don't have, they started out as bloggers, but a lot of those kids have made incredible careers. Yeah. And there is no reason to not give them their respect. Right. Now, so, so Liz, uh, Diane said to me two months ago, let's have Liz Thompson on. Right. And then I said, of course, that would be lovely. And then when Liz sent us, her background pages, which I have in front of me, almost every woman that we have on that's been in food, yeah, their stories are the same thing. You, it's you don't just have that direct path. Do you know what I mean? It's because all over the it's place. It's all over the place. But you learn and dealing with big deal challenges. Yeah. So Liz, yes. let's get started here. You're from the East Coast. Why don't you sort of give us the background? The of, background of how I how I got here and how yeah, I got into how cooking you got and into all food. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. As as a kid, I was kind of a weird kid, and I'd like to stay home on Friday nights and and bake. And if you know, women beyond beyond a certain age, I used to stay home and I had the little little TV in the kitchen. And I hate <laughs> to admit it, but I would watch Liberace. Ah! I would watch Liberace, stay home Friday nights, and I would bake. And when I was younger, I I loved to bake. And I remember asking my parents, you know, I'd I'd love to do this as a career. And that was so, so out of the question that it never really came up again. And, you know, being, you know, East, I hate to say, you know, East Coast type A family, all doctors except for me, my options were you go to college, and then when you're done with college, 
it's either medical school, law, law school, dental school, or business school. And yeah. I remember graduating from Emory in Atlanta, and I stayed there for about a year after. All our friends, you know, we all stayed and had a great time. And then got the call from my dad, <laughs> and he said, okay, you're done now. And I said, but what do you mean? I've, I've got a job. I'm an assistant sales associate at Riches in Atlanta, and we get free oh, clothes fun. on the top floor. Ah! And he's like, no, it's time for you to come home. So my mother flew out, and we drove back through a storm, and I got home, you know, and li lived at home f for uh, about six months, which was, you know, pretty frightening for me because I didn't even have a car. Mm. Um, and then I was told, okay, make your decision. So I did go to business school. I went to Fordham. I went to school at night, and then I, um, I worked at Chiquita Brands, uh, worked on, let's see, the, the original, another date thing that dates me, the original frozen fruit pops. <gasps> Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I remember those. Sure. So, and I worked worked at Clairol and Ideal Toys, and I had all these great product manager jobs, you know, big paying jobs because I went and I got my masters. And Excellent. then I was working at Clairol, and I walked into work one day, and I thought, you know what? I just I can't do it anymore. I can't do it one more day. And I walked into my boss boss's office, and I said, I quit. I'll have my stuff out by the end of the day. And she thought I was nuts, and everybody thought I had was nuts because I worked so hard to get that job, and I went home to my little apartment, and here comes the, the explicitive. Yes. Oh, shit, what did I just do? <laughs> I don't have any money. I just quit my job. <laughs> so, oh, I, yes. so I called all of my friends who were, you know, uh, you know um, young, up-and-coming, you know, New York professionals, and I said, you're going to hire me. You're going to hire me for your corporate luncheons. You're going to hire me for your corporate dinner. So all of a sudden in my apartment, late at night, night after night, I was laying out 100 little brown paper bags. I was making sandwiches. I was making lemon bars, brownies, um, putting in bottled water, putting in oranges. And then somehow I was putting them in boxes. And somehow I was getting them to these corporate offices for these lunch events. And then I would go into some of the offices at night. And I would, you know, I'd cook in my little apartment. And I would go and then you know deliver the food and create a great buffet and I would leave and they'd have their meeting and then I'd go back at 11 o'clock by myself and I'd go up and clean and I thought like wow this is pretty cool I'm doing my own thing uh, making my own hours but meanwhile I was working you know all the time till 2 3 in the morning and then there was one morning I think it was about 2 in the morning and I was in my apartment and I was baking I don't even remember maybe <laughs> I, I used I used the silver another dating thing. I used the silver palette cookbook for just about everything oh, of I made from you did. chicken marbella to sesame chicken to of blueberry chicken did. and all and the and and the cheese sticks, the cheese straws and then all of a sudden my eyes started watering up and I had no idea why and I went into my tiny tiny little kitchen and I opened up the oven and it was full of flames. <gasps> I was oh, having a grease no. a, a grease oh, fire no. in my my Upper East Side apartment on uh, 84th and 3rd, and that's mm. when I realized that it's either I go to school and learn what I'm doing, or I burn down the apartment, and that's the end of that. But somehow, well, see, you made the right choice. <laughs> but but somehow I managed to do crazy events. Like I was I was a big runner back then. I became the the caterer to the executive committee at um, the New York Roadrunners Club. So every week I would I would cook for their executive dinners and then they started asking me to do bigger and bigger things and all of a sudden I was doing like the big tent for 500 people in Central Park for the breakfast like oh prior yes. to the marathon and I I don't know I, I rented a tent and I bought I don't know hundreds of muffins and you know I outsourced everything and had the stuff delivered to my doorman and then I rented a truck and drove it to Central Park and I did such crazy crazy stuff I don't know how 
I don't know how I did it, but I guess like everyone else that you interview, we all figured it out. We didn't think about it. We just did it. You were a survivor and you just did it. You had to do it. You did it. You. And I loved every second of it. Problem solver. Problem solver. You a problem solver. And also, this has come up with so many people, so many women, Liz, that we talked to. You, if you hadn't quit your job, you had, you jumped and took the risk. Oh boy, did and I! Then <laughs> you solved your own problem by saying, "I can make a hundred sandwiches and sell them for lunch." Right. And then your career, and you know, catering. I don't know a caterer that didn't start out making the food in their apartment right. or their house. You went on to go to cooking school, yes. Right. But before that, though, um, I remembered I uh, something else too. This is like way back when we had the giant, um, you know, the Mac computers were were giant, oh, yes. and, I, and I had gotten the, one of those and got a printer and I started making brochures catering. It was called Sumptuous Catering. Sumptuous Occasions. And I, I somehow pieced together these these brochures and I walked up and down Park Avenue. I oh figured if I'm going to make I money, I'm going to Park Avenue. And oh, I'd, yeah. hand them, I'd hand them to the doorman with a nice pretty little bag with a brownie and a bow. And one day I got a call from this woman and she hired me every Saturday night to go into her kitchen at $100 a person. Wow. Think how much money that was. She paid for the food, I did the shopping, I cleaned up, I served, but the joke was is that I really didn't know how to cook. I could <laughs> bake and I took another, I took Julia Child's cookbook and I made everything out of the cookbook and I would bring the cookbook and I, I couldn't cook meat, I couldn't cook, cook <laughs> fish, but somehow this crazy thing went on for like a couple of months and it was just like crazy, but then yeah, then I then I did go to cooking school and I went to the French Culinary Institute, um, thinking I was either going to go to cooking school and either go back to cooking or the big plan a few years prior was to get my master's, get my culinary degree, and then go work for for Nestle's or General right. Mills or you know sure. one of the big food companies because I would have had real culinary experience and, you've, and, you've and been a project um, manager a, a master's yes but then once I got into restaurants I just loved it and mm. I loved it and I loved it um you know work nights in New York most mostly everybody was younger than I was a lot younger so at the time I was about 30 so I was working with people that were maybe you know 18 19 20 and we would go out after work um, we go out till two or three in the morning and all of a sudden, you know, I started getting a little older and I thought something's not right here. I'm <laughs> too old to be going out yeah. until four in the morning. And yeah, it was just too crazy. And I thought, you know what, if I'm really going to do this, I need to sort of, you know, regroup a little bit. And then I got the chance to do, um, through school, I'd met Michelle Richard and he said, you know, why don't you come do an internship? Oh, oh wow. So oh, I, I did it. So Michelle I came Bichard. out, um, stayed at a friend's house and I, um, I was an intern, you know, f you know, free intern for about two months and it was like the best, the best experience of my life. And I loved it. I didn't so, know you interned with Michelle Richard. Yeah. So then I, so he then was I, such an he amazing. was fantastic. Man. Yeah. Right, right side of the brain, left side of the brain. Yeah. And they say that in food, you're you're either right one one side which is the perfectionist pastry or you the you know you need yes. you need that excitement and you're the food person but he he jumped yes he did and he did you know both same as yeah. same as Thomas Thomas Keller so I did that and I went back and I found someone to sublet my apartment in New York um, my family was devastated my parents were devastated um, sublet the apartment for a year and then realized that I really wanted to stay out here and this is this is what I wanted to do. So came back, another chef, um, I can't remember his name, had gotten me a job at some, you know, typical small, hot, 
very pretentious restaurant that had just opened up that had, uh, you know, Madonna and yeah. George Michael and this and that. And the owner was some European jerk who treated regular customers like garbage so that six months later when another restaurant opened up, he had no basic customers. That's right. And they closed. Do you re- I In the 80s. It was called Trist, and it was on oh, La Cienega. yes. Now, I'll tell you why. Star-studded. Was, yes. So, yeah. Because... <laughs> I was selling fish in those years before I'd gone into catering. It's, don't ask, the stories are very sad and humiliated my mother when she was alive. But we sold everybody fish, high-end fish, Michael's, the Biltmore, everyone, because we had singing scallops, those beautiful little pink scallops that were brand yeah. new. And Norwegian salmon was brand new to L.A. But the bottom line, because after you're talking about, you could see that restaurants, and it still happens, Mm-hmm. Restaurants open in LA, they become the dimple darling of the thing, and then the crowd, the in crowd moves. Yep. Do you know what I mean? So one night you can't get a table in the restaurant, and six months later they're closing the restaurant because yep. the in crowd moved on. Yep. That's the problem with celebrities. Right. Yeah. That's exactly. And that's you know, seriously. Talk about uh, fickle. And they don't want to go back to the same place. No, they want to no. be in the hot and happening new no. restaurant. So, At any yeah. rate, so you were cooking so, there. So all of a sudden I was, you, you know. Worked. I was, yeah, I was without a job, and I had just moved here. Actually, when I first moved here, it was the riots, and then oh it was the earthquake. God. So the restaurant <laughs> opened late because the riots happened about two days after I had moved here, and everyone in the world in New York is like, I'm, get to the airport, get to the airport now and fly back. And I said, I can't get to the airport. I'm not going to the airport, and I'm not coming back. And then it was the earthquake, and then it was like, get to the airport, <laughs> get to the airport and come back. It's going to happen again. And I... And I stayed, and that's when I started walking around, and I, I wandered into Sweet Lady Jane on Melrose. And this was like 22, 23, 24 years ago, and I said, I'm a pastry chef, I do plated desserts, I need a job, do you have anything? And she said, no. She said, my desserts are so pretty that all we do is we put them on a plate. We don't sauce them. First, I thought that was very arrogant, but years later, I totally understand. So the, yeah. circle, the story comes full circle. So she sent me to Checkers Hotel downtown, and I... Checkers Hotel, which is where Thomas Geller was the well, chef. Well, he, I, I got he there... moved on. I got there after he was fired. Okay, he was yeah. fired because I'm, he was a liability, because he was throwing hot pots and pans at um, the waiters, the cooks. Oh, my he was, God, he was. So oh, they fired yes. him. Because we all grow, Diane. Let's grow with love. <laughs> yeah. Now, see, I saw Tommy <laughs> fish during those years at Checkers. I bet. Now, fast forward, seriously, and he was a terror. But they all were. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. They all were. They were terrible. Women didn't they, do that, though. They, no. But uh, they were just mimicking all the French guys that they'd worked with. But right. the, I, just, I, mean? I just saw something recently or read it that, that's, that they're trained. So when they move up, they do the same exact that's same exactly behavior right. to the people they're below monkeys. them. We're monkeys in kitchens. Right. Now, so, but one day I was selling Tommy Geller fish, and the next day I called, they said, gone. And, okay, woo. Now, Bill Valentine came in. Okay, yeah. Then... Fast forward, 30 years later, I'm in a green room presenting an award at one of the award shows, and Thomas Keller walks into the room, and I walked over to him, and I said, you're never going to remember me, he said that voice. And he remembered me because I sold fish to him from Richfields, because he said, I remember your voice, it was the highlight of my day, and I said, and then you got fired. <laughs> we had a lot of time to catch up. Yeah. And real quickly, but this was the honest to get truth. He was so darling. He turned to me and goes, so how's it been for you? And I said, pretty good. Thank you for asking. And then he literally leaned over and whispered and he said, did my invoice get paid after I got fired? I didn't, I didn't leave you hanging. 
Did you? And wow. I said, it was so cute. I said, no, no, no. Of course they paid. But it was very darling. I mean, it was very priceless. But yeah, he so was. People change. People change. Of course they do. He was a terror that most guys that I of that age group. Right. They're mimicking what they saw. Right. right. Or so, how they were treated. Right. So he got fired and I started right after that as assistant pastry chef. And then I guess then I'll go into, you know, go into some personal stories. So then I ended up six months later, I don't know, I ended up dating the sous chef. And then, <laughs> then we, I don't know, then we got engaged and I went into Sweet Lady Jane and I said, thank you for the, you know, thank you for the job. It worked out. You know, I'm getting, I'm engaged and I want you to do the cake. So she did these fabulous cakes. I had to get a groom's cake because in the South, the men yes. get a cake too. And That's it's a right. chocolate cake. Oh. And she did this great cake That's where it was thing. at a marzipan. It was a stove and it was our dog. And oh, it was, how and it was, cute. And it was him daily at the, at the, yeah, at the stove and it was great. And then, um, then we had one daughter and her name was already sort of chosen ahead of time, Jennifer. And then the second one came and her name is Jane. Oh. So I lost touch with Jane. I keep kept in touch with her for, you know, every every couple of years. And then I hope I'm not jumping ahead too much. No, um, well, I think so, you might. Have you gone into your challenge yet? Well, no, no. I, I, oh, I've got a long way to go. But you so, have to tell us about your restaurant. So we got married and then we opened up a couple of barbecue restaurants called the Pig Memphis Style Barbecue. Had one on. It was famous. The Pig, wasn't it on La Cienega? It was the, on, um, it was on La, La Cienega. Yeah. It was on La Brea right near Melrose. That's yeah. right. And we were in LA Magazine and my apple pie got, you know, and was you in. you got to remember, this is the 90s. Now the barbecue is everywhere in the last 10 right. or 15 years. Right. But this was the 90s. Right. No, so it, was, it, it was a great restaurant. It was a trendsetter. So, yep. So did that. The restaurant opened when my second daughter was three months old. So that was fun. So I was illegally baking cheesecake and desserts and apple pie in my home kitchen i went and got two dcs ovens wow um you know like you said that's how people started catering so i was baking at home and off to a birthday party no back to the restaurant gotta have another apple pie there's a big you know party for um some celebrity and he needs you know i don't know how many blueberry whatever whatever it was back and forth back to the party did that for a couple years then um that didn't work out um uh the restaurant did, but yeah, I didn't. So I chose, you know, I, I had to, I had to find a job. I had to kind of support my kids. And somehow, um, you talk about the low points. I ended up being a sales manager for Oregon Pest Control, and they hired me because I had food experience, and they of wanted course. me to to handle the accounts, the the, the food warehouses downtown. Well, sure, because you know a cockroach. That's right, and I had to wow. get rid of them. So that was that yeah, wasn't that might have been the low point. I'll taking. say that that was yeah. So that was the low point. I think selling um, fish and orchid might be on the so, same plane. Yeah, you know, had you know job after job, got a call to be an assistant on um, the cupcake wars. Missed the call, call back, and they said that spot's taken. But if you want to, you know, you can clean the set. So I said I'll take it. So I cleaned the set for them for, I don't know, a couple weeks from like 10 to 3 in the morning and kids stayed at home. So all this, I see, it looks like you have your hand on your mouth. So it's the things you get through. It's the that, things you the get things through because you, you have through. to, I mean, it could have been, I could have been working at Vaughn's, but instead I was on the set of, um, you cupcake know. Cupcake Wars. The Cupcake Wars. So I guess it wasn't too bad. And then, let's see, I'm losing track. And then finally I ended up. Um, and the marriage? That had, that had ended, okay. yeah, um, after so the second, yeah. When and you were been, taking care of her daughter. Yeah, but when yeah. you've been in business. Yeah. With, because we've had other guests. Right. With your husband. Yeah. And then the marriage ends, that's going to totally affect your your business and your job. Yeah, so I was out. You, I, you I walked out. away from it. Okay. I had to. That's hard, Liz. Yeah. Yeah. That is so hard. <laughs> yeah, it was. It wasn't another fun time. And then... Um, <laughs> 
Lots of Another crazy jobs. Lots of crazy yeah. jobs. I think I was an extra for a year. Um, let's see, ninety dollars. So you did what you know what you did. I did what I had to do exactly yes. because you I, had to support my, your my, daughters. My, my, my little uh, warrior girls are kick ass, and no one That's... will ever ever put them down, and they will always be able to figure out what to do with themselves. So mm-hmm. knock on wood, I'm proud of them. And then one day, um, a friend of mine through WCR said, "You know what? Why don't you teach?" Ah, oh, yes, Here's great. The, yes, great. So. I thought, okay, um, I know my stuff, but I've never taught before. And then I went and ended up teaching at the Art Institute, and I had a master's, so I was able to teach lectures, but I also had um, so many years in the restaurant business that they weren't requiring me to have an associate's. That's it. I went to culinary, no, I went to culinary school, and the French culinary was a fabulous school, but it wasn't... Um, they didn't give you an AA? It wasn't a two-year, oh, no. It was just gotcha. uh, like a, a culinary... Non-accredited. Some, yeah. Something or other. Right. So you're right. You're right. I ended up, you know, I ended up teaching and I, I, I loved it. And they said, are there any classes that you can't teach? And I said, yes. I said, I can't teach bread. I said, pastry, bread, two totally different things. So first day they give me the curriculum and they say, oh, and you're going to be teaching bread from 9 at night until 1230. <laughs> And I said, what did I tell you? And they said, oh, you'll figure it out. So okay. I could honestly tell you that I cheated all of those students through that semester because every single bread is different. And one is supposed oh, to be course. super sticky. One is supposed to be dry. And I'll right. be honest, until years later, I didn't really know the difference. And I was like, oh, that's too sticky. Throw some more flour. And oh, that's not sticky enough. Throw some more water. And somehow we made bread. And somehow I didn't get fired, and I was there for about three and a half years I teaching. I visited you when you were teaching. That's after. right. I was you teaching. Were um, you were I was, fabulous. Um, I... When I went to the CCA in 1983, the chef that was the first chef that I ever studied with, and I can't say his name because I don't want to disparage him, and I still see him once in a while. When I look back at how green that chef was, do you oh. know what I mean? Green, was teaching mm-hmm. you. green, green, green. But you know what? He pulled it off, I, and I probably, even though I knew he was pretty green, do you know what I mean? It's not yeah. that I was such a great cook. I didn't, hadn't gone to culinary school, but I'd read a lot. I'd educated myself. So I knew he was pretty green. But you know what? He now runs the, the like, the, the CIA in Greystone, and he's a big shot, and he's been there 40 years. So when wow. you think about how many people he touched yeah. and how many people he helped... You learn, you I learn along the way. So much from him, and he's and he learned along the way, and he's a fabulous chef and a fabulous right. instructor. Right. So I think that we all get there. Right. Yeah. So needless to say, you know, I, I did maybe one or two break classes focused on mostly on um, hospitality marketing, and I loved entrepreneurship and um, restaurant management and how to open a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Well, now and pastry. Do we have to stop here? And then we're going to do a part two with Liz because I had said this to Diane before we started. Liz, and this is no Liz. We did this with our friend Pat Greenberg, we've, your friend and mine. We've done it with several people. There's a lot of lessons and a lot of information about what you're talking about. I think perseverance and resilience is, Holy what, crap. Yep. is what we're learning here. Yep. So anyway, thank you, Liz. And you're we're going to come back this is lots and of fun. do part two. What you've conquered now with all that background, I think will be huge and helpful to people. Now, if you want to speak to us, speak to Liz, have a question, have something to tell us, write us at womenbeyond at iCloud.com. Help us out by leaving a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen. And um, if you have a podcast, invite us on your podcast. I like so that. So we can be your guest. Yes, we have lots to say. We have lots to noticed. say. 
And then we're on Facebook and Instagram at <laughs> Women Beyond a Certain Age. So stay in touch with us. And Liz, thank you again oh, so you're much. You're very and welcome. We're going to have part two. Lots of fun. Yeah. We're going to go into part Thanks two. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye.